It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources. Welcome back to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, and we're very pleased to be joined today by Laura Arnold, who's the executive director of the Utah Coalition Against Pornography. Laurel, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Uh, this is such a, an important topic, uh, one that uh, we we deal with in the community. We have in interesting ways. It's uh, it's time for your annual conference, and you're taking an interesting perspective this way in terms of dealing with pornography both before and after a pandemic. What is it that you found? Uh, Thanks for asking. So um, there was a study that was done pretty early after the shutdown in 2020, and uh, they found that the use of pornography had already increased 11% since the beginning of the pandemic. And we just know that this is a rampant problem. And with the stress of living through a pandemic, and then with all the time that people have at home where they're more isolated and lonely, and then all the extra time in front of screens when people are working from home, we just know the use of pornography has increased, which also, of course, increases the risk to our children yeah. who are doing school online, a lot of them. And so they have easier access to pornography, too. And we know that children's brains are not prepared to deal with what they find in pornography. Yeah. And we see so much of that. Uh, again, that uh, you hit so many important points right out of the gate there. Isolated, lonely, screen time. Uh, all of those, especially for our young people, like, right. are a recipe for disaster. Yeah, I'm the mother of five children, and I have teenagers who are very lonely during mm-hmm. this pandemic. My 14-year-old is doing school online and really is just missing her friends. Yeah. And I know that loneliness, in fact, they say halt, um, hunger, angry, lonely, or tired mm, yeah. are some of the things that cause you to seek out something to Mm self-soothe, which pornography does very well. Yeah. And then also, of course, has negative consequences. Yeah. It's also interesting, too, you know, in historically, of course, uh, people have looked at pornography as just a a young male problem. Uh, More and more, it's become a young female problem as well. Young female, old male, old female, in between <laughs> middle age, everybody, yeah. everyone's susceptible. Nobody should feel confident that they're not susceptible to this because it plays on the things that are inborn in us. Yeah. You know, cravings and interests that we all have. And so as we recognize the harms that pornography do, then we recognize I- I'm susceptible. Everybody yeah. is. And so we can take appropriate measures to protect ourselves and especially our children, like I said before. Yeah, this is one of those things that we always talk about on this program that we- we've got to get comfortable having uncomfortable conversations. Yep. Uh, pornography, you can just say the word and, and some people will flinch and recoil and, and some will like drop their eyes because I don't want to have that conversation. How do we get comfortable uh, with this uncomfortable conversation around pornography? I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> So our opening keynote speaker at our conference this Saturday is Sharon Eubank, who's president of Latter-day Saint Charities. And her topic, uh, her keynote speech will be addressing how to have conversations about pornography. Mm. That's what she'll be discussing. So hopefully you tune in and, and watch our virtual conference and see what she has to say. But generally, we just have to decide to be brave and just address the topics that are hard to do. We have to yeah. do that in a lot of areas in our life. <laughs> you know, do. the pandemic has opened up all 
all sorts of reasons for us to be courageous. Yeah. And especially, again, as we're talking with children, we just have to say, I can't afford to let Google be their teacher or their classmates mm. be their teacher Great here. It needs point. to be me to be their first and best source for these questions. They're never going to know that I'm that person unless I'm willing to instigate the conversations. And the days of having the talk are long gone. We need to bring it up regularly. It needs to not just be one event. We start younger than we think we should with them, and we continue to bring it up. In fact, if we make it too formal an event where we take them out to ice cream and do this big thing, they're not going to know how to approach us because they can't recreate that environment. So instead, it just becomes something we talk about. You know, we talk about hygiene. We talk about school attendance, doing your homework. We also talk about healthy sexuality and the harms of pornography. Yeah, that's, that's so important. And I'm, I'm so glad you're raising this in the context of uh, this is not just an event you're doing this weekend. This is not just a moment, uh, the talk, so to speak, with right. our with our children. Uh, we've become far too comfortable with that as a society. We do these great moments. Mm-hmm. You know, we can go out and have the ice cream and have the talk. Right. Uh, but we're not so good at the forward movement and the ongoing conversation. Uh, and I know that's a big part of what you'll be doing uh, in the conference over the weekend is really it's it's about a lot of tools and strategies. Right. Uh, so tell us a little bit more about what to expect at the conference this weekend. Um, One of my very favorite things we're doing this conference is something we've never done before. And one of our presenters is actually a teenager himself, Mm -hmm. a 17-year-old young man who um, has dealt with his own issues with pornography, has really found some success in approaching it. He's so impressive that he has begun his own business to help parents to... uh, filter um, access to prevent access on their devices in their home. And he has started a nonprofit, 17 years old. And uh, he's a wonderful speaker. And I'm very excited. And we want young people to tune in because I feel like a a teenager can reach teenagers in a way that an adult never can. And we have such a great opportunity with this young man to hear what he has to say. Oh, that's exciting. That's uh, that's fantastic. And it is that peer-to-peer conversation. Yes. Uh, and we have to foster that as well so that our young people are confident and comfortable in those in that dialogue as well. Absolutely. Uh, so important. Uh, give us just some more of the, the details. Again, it's a free uh, virtual conference coming right. up this weekend. Give us some of the details. Well, uh, you can find more information on utahcoalition.org. That's our website. And that's also where you'll have access to the live stream. So that's where you'll go for that. It's at 10 a.m. this Saturday, April 24th, ends at 12.30 p.m. I uh, didn't mention our other keynote speaker is Dr. Dave Schramm, who's a uh, professor of family life at Utah State University and kind of a well-known figure as a very active uh, social media presence and things like that. He's also a wonderful speaker. I'm excited to hear what he has to say also. Fantastic. Uh, again, it's 10 a.m. starts at 10 a.m. on Saturday. Uh, we'll put it up on our uh, Facebook page and social media feeds as well uh, so that you can uh, sign up and be part of that uh, really crucial conversation uh, about what is sometimes a, a real uncomfortable conversation. Uh, so, Laurel, just in our, our closing moments here, if there was one thing uh, that you would look at in terms of parents or or young people as it relates to pornography, what's the one thing we ought to do today uh, to, a lot of times we talk about, you know, parking the ambulances at the bottom of the cliff after somebody has fallen off and become ensnared or trapped by pornography. What are some of the things we can do up at the top of the mountain to build that fence uh, and prevent that long fall? Because often that is a uh, a decades or a lifetime fall. Absolutely. So my answer to your question, the first thing that comes to mind might not be something you expect. Um, the answer that comes to mind for me is trust. So mm. I want to convey trust to my children 
um, express to them that I trust them to be able to navigate hard things in life. I'm here to mm. coach them and to help them to do it, yeah. but I trust that they are able to navigate. And also I want to convey to them that they can trust me. And the way that I do that is to build loving connection with them. Try to bite my tongue when I'm feeling angry <laughs> with them. It's not easy, but not it's easy. worth it yeah. so that they can trust me and come to me. And so I think uh, building trust in family relationships is one of those powerful protective measures we can do in dealing with pornography. Oh, fantastic. Laurel Arnold is the executive director of the Utah Coalition Against Pornography. Virtual event coming up this weekend on Saturday. All the information will be on our Facebook page and our social media outlets as well. Uh, Laurel, thanks for leading this important conversation, and uh, we look forward to hearing more as we move forward. Thank you so much. So much uh, to unpack there. Make sure you tune into that uh, over the weekend, and stay with us. When we come back, Jenny Taylor is going to join us. It's Earth Day today. They've uh, opened up a new farm Uh, And she has a host of other things that are going on relating to resilience and how do we tap into that. We need it now in our societies and in our homes more than ever. Stay with us. Much to come here on Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.